0: Good afternoon, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live today on Wad Radio, and we're really excited to have a couple of really genuine, genuine guys who just love their animals. so <laughs> we have, hi Conrad and Jeff, and they are on live right now talking to us, Jeff Johnson, Jeff is, and you know, I have to have him tell you about everything he does, because he's got a very large repertoire of information here he's uh, been in advertising agencies for quite some time and uh hi conrad well that's very interesting hi do you know i didn't even uh check your bio before the show i was sitting here reading and going wow i hadn't realized that you had worked on monk and of course that's one of my favorite shows so with that we're going to say hello As we get the music to music so. this
1: <laughs> ton of fun from beginning to end. So we have hey, great
0: guys, time. how you doing?
2: We're doing great. Um, a lot of the, we're you know we're in the East Coast, so a lot of the East Coast isn't doing great, but we're we've uh, we've weathered it fine.
0: Now, where are you at right now?
2: Well, now we were in New York City, but um, because of the storm. We left the city while the power was out, so uh, we're actually in Florida, so we've been extremely lucky um, being able to have electricity, and uh, we'll probably head back up to to New York City next week, now that uh, little by little the power is getting back on.
0: Did you bug out in time, or were you already out out of state when that happened?
2: No, we knew we knew in advance, so we left two days before. Um, so one day before, really. one day before, really, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're just we um, we're fortunate that we we missed everything. We didn't get any uh, any rain, any any um, anything at all on the way down
1: to Florida. So, but our but our building is still out of electricity and no elevators and no heat oh, back wow. in New York. So uh, we have that to look <laughs> forward to.
0: Now, you write Manhattan or is of Manhattan? Um, in, in Manhattan
1: or outskirts
2: of Manhattan? In Manhattan, I mean, depending on, on what High is doing and what show he's working on, um, we live yeah. in different places, but um, we've been writing out of Manhattan in Chelsea, which is the. Um, there's a new term apparently in New York called Sopo. You know, everybody, people have heard of Soho and Tribeca, but so, Sopo, which means South of Power. which is the the new term for anyone who lives south of 38th Street, which was where the line was, where people north of that had electricity and people south of that did not. And uh, fortunately, we (laughs) live south of that, Um, and so Uh, we have not had electricity for the last week. You
0: know know what they called out in small towns is called the other side of the tracks. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: That's going to be the new tracks in Manhattan. That's going to be the line where uh the people with and the people without electricity or, you know, with indoor plumbing or without indoor plumbing, but because we didn't we didn't have water either in uh our building in New York. So, that's when you live in a 40-story high-rise and you don't have plumbing, that's very difficult. <laughs> and well, it yeah. also becomes very hard, very hard to walk the dogs. Well, that was part of our biggest concern. We have have two Schnauzers, and one of them is 13 years old, and he he is not capable of walking up and down 40 flights of stairs. Believe me, no. so carrying a 20 pound dog up and down flights of stairs four times a day was was not was not something we were looking forward to. Which was part of the reason that we did get out of town.
0: So obviously, you took your dogs with you. <laughs>
2: Oh, yes. They oh, yeah. they travel with us everywhere. I mean, it's, I think like a oh, lot I of people, do. I mean, we have the most spoiled dogs ever. I'm not sure we win that contest, but um, <laughs> they are pretty spoiled.
0: Well, if my parents are watching, I think that they probably beat you, but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are happy to lose that contest. We really are.
0: <laughs> yeah, they when they go out of town, uh, either I have to go and babysit or, you know, dog sit, or they put them into a kennel. And called uh, Bark Avenue.
1: Bark <laughs> Avenue, nice.
0: Avenue. <laughs> and of course, we're in Arizona, so we don't usually get a whole lot of rain. But when we do, we flood very fast. So it's you know it's happened here too. It's uh, you know these things happen, and and everybody at least rallies together. And exactly. To get everything back to some kind of normality.
2: So, it is and little by little it's gonna it, it is it's getting back to normality. It'll probably take another month or so in, in, in New York. But um it's people do rally together and I guess there's a big benefit concert tonight for, just for that purpose. So
0: Yeah. I, yeah it's, we gotta everything help would be good. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And it is kinda you know, it's about rallying and helping everybody else and, and uh it does help to uh have some sometimes things things happen. It it brings so many people together and so it's really kind of a good thing in a way uh because we realize that we're all connected and that's why it should be and
2: people get to meet their neighbors for the first time yeah in (laughs) some cases yeah so uh so
0: am i talking to jeff right now
2: actually i'm jeff so it's
1: sort of hard we should probably introduce ourselves when we talk but i'm jeff and and this is hi there probably is a difference in our voice, even though we've been together forever. Yes. I think our voices are still different. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll get into some things that Highs into.
2: Well, High is vastly the more interesting <laughs> one, especially <laughs> in terms of publishing, because high has been a writer his whole working life. Um, I've run advertising agencies most of my life, and writing for me has been a side career but not really what my expertise is and so i've been able to find things i had a psychology book published last year and hi and i worked on this dog humor book this year um so writing and publishing has been great fun for me It it's not what i i do best and i think in the process i've learned how hard it is to be a writer and how much tenacity it takes to be a writer and hi is actually much much better and um more able to talk about that side of life than I am since that's what he's done his entire life. He chose that very early.
0: Yes, he definitely has. And
2: hi, tell us about
0: yourself. We'll, we'll get together well, um, and figure you guys out here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay um i i guess my my fort my my strength has always been writing mysteries mm-hmm. and um uh you know i was an actor for a few years and i wrote a musical uh that was off broadway for a while and then um uh someone approached me and said do you have any ideas that would work on on a uh video disc format which was you know decades ago where they it was like the first interactive uh, disc uh thing and um i came up with the idea for mysteries and from there my my mystery career sort of blossomed and uh you know i wrote like 12 uh books of mystery short stories and they've been in like 13 languages around the world and um and then uh Oh, about, uh, God, about 10, 12 years ago, I got a call from someone. I always get these calls out of the blue. And uh, this guy says, uh, you know, I'm writing a new TV show. You know, I uh, I don't have any story ideas. I went to the bookstore and I found books that you wrote. And uh, you're either going to come work for me or I'm going to steal your ideas. (laughs) And uh, that. That was Andy Breckman, and uh, he was the creator of the t v series monk and uh we got together and we got along famously and you know from day one, I was with the series for eight years and then um went on to work on white collar after that, and you know have continued uh, publishing books and doing plays and uh managing to make a living as a writer.
0: Now, it says that you're you're a writer, but also a consulting producer for White Collar.
1: Yes. Um, um, if you stay long enough in any business, you always wind up being a producer.
0: Oh, was you know, that
1: so? <laughs> so with 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 Monk, I wound up being co executive producer with with Andy, and um, um, you know wound up being the executive producer of a webisode series called Little Monk, where we took Monk back to when he was 10 years old, and that was a lot of fun to do. And then uh, 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 with White Collar, I came on as a consulting producer, um, which means that you get to give a lot of opinions, but people are free to ignore you. And, um, you know, did that, did that for a while, and then they asked me to move to L.A., and I said, no, I'm kind of happy on the East Coast. And uh, then I uh, left working for White Collar, and I've been uh, doing a few books since then, including this book.
0: So what made you two decide, hey, we want to write a book together, and it's going to be about dogs?
1: Well, we've always had dogs, so that was a simple thing. And, you know, we've always wanted to do a project together. You know, we've been doing creative things separately. And, um, well, you you can tell the story, Jeffrey, about how we got the idea. Well, it's,
2: you know, I mean, I having
1: uh, worked in advertising
2: for most of my life, uh, we we do tend to watch television now and then, as much as I try to avoid it. We're sort of forced to <laughs> to watch TV, and there was just one night for some reason it was commercial after commercial after commercial about things the banks don't want you to know, things the FBI doesn't want you to know, things you know the um, government doesn't want you to know, and it was b- bizarre. And I think Hyde turned to me and he said. Why doesn't somebody write a book about something really useful like things your dog doesn't want you to know? And he was joking, of course, (laughs) but it just dawned on us at the same time that what a fun idea. And it really started with the title. And I think that's very rare in this business because both Hai and I, having written books before, usually the title changes about a million times as it goes up the ladder at a publishing company. Um, Mm -hmm. This was one title. We started with the title. Um, We um, put a blog together and um, started posting little daily entries of uh, things your dog doesn't want you to know. And I would say, I don't know, within three or four weeks um, from posting this blog, we had publishers and agents calling us about Um, doing a book, which was what, of course, we really wanted. It wasn't a a big surprise. But it came so fast. that, um, And then we actually had to do it. And, you know, it's very different um, when you're writing a blog post every now and then and when the idea comes to you uh, versus a publisher who says, you need 115 stories by such-and-such uh-huh. such a date, which is what our publisher said. You have to have 115. I have no idea how they came up with that number, but it had to be <laughs> 115. So um, that was when, you know, we sort of hunkered down and then started to write 115 stories, which um, – and our publisher was great. Our publisher was absolutely phenomenal. So we were very, very happy to have found somebody good.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a great-looking book. It's, it's a very yes, cute it is. and uh, – um so we were very lucky. We had a great art director, uh, Dean, who's a friend of Jeffrey's, who came in and, uh, um, you know, made made the book look terrific.
0: Now, of course, my question is, you have schnauzers, correct? We well, do. So why is there not a schnauzer on your cover?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't want to be too selfish about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> to be honest and we do have there is a schnauzer one schnauzer in the book whose name is Charlie who happens to be the name of one of our schnauzers um oh, but yes, you there. know we wanted to, you know you sort of have to distance yourself a little bit when when you're writing um so it's not too, not that it's not too personal because it mm-hmm. can be personal but you want
1: everyone to relate to it you right. so so we 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 went through like ten covers and you know, none of them were really quite right, and mm-hmm. then we saw this photo. Our our publisher showed us this photo of uh, you know uh, a little Boston Terrier kind of whispering into the ear of an, of a, of uh, his mother, and um, you know the eyes being wide and curious <laughs> and you know yeah. so it uh, just kind of spoke to us like a little puppy telling a secret. And uh we just thought that was like, was like perfect. Well and actually if High is being honest, <laughs> um <laughs> when we
2: first got our our dog our I don't know, twenty five some years ago, um, we wanted a Boston Terrier. Mm-hmm. Um but High is wow. allergic to dogs. So when we went to a breeder and the Boston Terrier licked his face, Hiram broke out in this huge oh, no. rash within about thirty seconds. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Wow. And then, then we looked in. So then we thought we can't have a dog. Um, so we looked into it, and of course there are a couple of hypoallergenic dogs. Poodles are sure. one, and Schnauzers are the my, other, are one of the mother,
0: others. So, my mother, mother had the same issue. She could. She always got ringworm, so uh, she could She got ringworm. Your yeah, mother? yeah. Wow. So I. So we couldn't have any dogs. Again, that that. That, that you know would cause her to cut out. You know, obviously, have problems. So We had poodles growing up, and then she got schnauzers. Um, now she has a couple shih tzus. So it's it's got to always be you know dogs that are not gonna uh, you know obviously shed a lot.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And so she has exactly. a problem. So I I didn't have a problem. Uh, but my my brother did with ringworm. <laughs> <weeping>. So. <laughs> He'd go to other so so so
1: Patty, do do you have dogs?
0: I don't have dogs. I got a cat. And, Aha, uh, yeah, ah, the enemy. That's, that's a, <laughs> yeah, they're the enemy. I know they're the enemy. <laughs> but you know what? They got they got they got bigger secrets than dogs do. So.
1: <laughs> oh, they have huge secrets. <laughs> huge secrets. Yeah. Oh, well, dogs and, are much yeah. more transparent. Dogs, you know, they wear their hearts on their sleeve.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Cats. Yeah, they had sleeves.
0: Pretty much is kinda of like, you know, uh, we're second class citizens compared to the cat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, as as long as we know it, we're we're doing okay in the family, okay? So right. uh, Yeah, I know I know how it is with with cats. It's just that uh I, you guys travel a lot so you have to take your dogs with you. And That's true. To me if I travel a lot, it's you know, I'd rather just have a cat and have to worry about it. So, uh. Exactly.
1: They're, they're they are much e- easier to deal with. You know, we've you know we have an older dog. We have we have a thirteen year old diabetic dog, and um you know we you you wind up you know changing your uh, plans. You know you uh, yeah. you can't you, you go to France for you know a month because you know no one really knows how to deal with your diabetic dog, and you know I mean it's not it's not like children. I'm not not, not making that comparison, but. You have to uh, make do with it, and, of course, they're certainly worth it.
0: I had a 23-year-old cat. (laughs) Wow, 23? Yeah, 23. Oh,
1: my God. Are you sure you didn't miscount? Are you sure he's not, like,
0: 13? No, I had her her most of her life because uh, she came to us. uh, We had another cat that we had bought. And we figured that she needed that, that she needed a sister or something, to, you know, to keep her busy when we weren't there. And so uh, we got this other cat who somebody found in a dumpster. You know, pretty sad. Wow. And she had, you know, all, you know, ear mice. She had all, you know, you name it. She she was a mess. So uh, we cleaned her up. She wound up being the best mouser we ever had, you know. Mm.
1: So very useful. Daughter,
0: too. They're very useful, <laughs> and uh, she wound up living 23 years, so it, it's, you know, it, yeah, it can happen. She did wind up, uh, we were gone for, I think it was about three or four days for a wedding shower, came back, and she just had all sorts of problems, so I knew that it was getting very close to that time, and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't do anything else. I wound up having to put her down, so uh, you know, 23 years is a long time to be with, with any animal, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. to be with anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just, just about as long as long my marriage lasts. So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know, it's just like the, the cat and the husband. So, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. did you did you have the husband put down, or is that a different had, matter?
0: <laughs> well, there were times
2: during. The <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we've been together longer than that, Hiram. That's true. <laughs>
0: so. Okay, so you guys have been friends for how long?
2: Thirty-three, thirty-four, somewhere around. Yeah, like that. Yeah, somewhere, 34. somewhere in that general in that general range.
1: Wow, that's a long time.
2: But the very first, you know, and we weathered the very first uh, real project we worked on together, this book. So I think that's good.
1: Yeah.
0: You waited this long to actually do a project together. It's probably probably a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably it is. There's a there's an there's an age you get to be where um I don't know, either you're completely set in your ways or you're very um conciliatory. <laughs> and I think that good. it all it all worked mm-hmm. for us. So that was good.
0: Now awesome. you you've awesome been in, in
2: publishing for for a
0: long, long time. Yeah, for about five years. Yeah. That I've been a graphic Which designer for Which has changed 22. dramatically. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, haven't been a graphic designer for 22 years. Uh, I started getting into publishing because I could see that, uh, you know, the printing company was going to have a problem because of the changes with, uh, with the industry within the printing. Yeah. It, that, that's changed because, you know, everybody was getting into digital. So uh, I, I knew that the books were going to become, you know, not cheaper to do, but we could wind up doing them, you know, one-off. And I, and I knew that was coming. So I said, you know, we really need to get into something new. Uh, let's get into, you know, I think we should get into books. And uh, he finally did. Uh, but unfortunately, it was right when the downturn started and uh, right near 9-11. So that was, it, it was a bad time.
2: <laughs> but uh, it, Yeah
0: timing. Yeah, timing is everything, unfortunately. But you know, I knew that a lot of things were going to change. I've seen it where you know, even though I'm a publisher of a lot of different authors and I have a, I have produced about sixty books, um, I see that the publisher really is not important to have anymore. And I'm slowly hmm. but surely uh, working myself out of, a, out of that part of the job. But and I'm turning. And seeing where media really is important, and you know, shows like this, you know, more video, getting out in the community, and actually physically talking to people, is really what authors have to do.
1: Yeah, I know. It, to me, it's kind of un, unfortunate because, you know, in the in the old days, you know, and I go back to publishing, you know, quite a few years, you mm-hmm. know, there were all these gatekeepers. You know, you had your agent, you had the publisher You know, you had all these people who kind of vetted you And, you know, and made sure that, you know At least according to their opinion That, you know, you were doing good work And, you know, you were you were promising And now uh, with, uh, you know, e-books and with Amazon You know, anyone can publish anything And, uh, you know, I, I, it kind of takes some of the Cliche, uh, some of the, uh, I don't know, some of the Im- Im- importance out of uh, being being an author. You know, not not everyone has to pay their dues. You know, people go on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and you know they can promote their stuff as as you know as much as uh, Tom Wolfe or or uh, all the you know great authors who have paid their dues. Uh, yeah, yeah. So.
0: And I, I agree with that, and but I also agree that everyone has a story that they want to tell. Uh, but unfortunately, not everybody should. <laughs> 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 you know, I I see my share of really bad stuff come in front of me. And some people are like, you know, uh, how much time it would take me to actually fix this is going to be quite a, quite a while. So you guys are going to have to strap in and wait because that's mm-hmm. just. <laughs> you really want to want to get this into print and you're going to need to, you know, take the time and learn the craft. John, I I get on my author's all the time and say, "Look, if I'm if we're editing this and you, you need to learn not to click the select all and approve all your changes that your editor is giving you because you've learned nothing."
2: Mhm.
0: You really got to oh, learn exactly. your craft.
2: You have you have authors that do that.
0: Oh, yeah and after six books i said you know what i i don't think this is working because you're not learning anything uh if i'm seeing the same mistakes at your in your manuscripts after six books and you know there's there's a problem here and you need to you need to step back and say it's just you know i think you're going to have to go on your own because this is not working uh, and i had yeah, to I do mean, that
1: yeah i mean i mean people you 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 have to pay attention you 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 have to read you, you have to pay attention to your uh, style you have to take criticism seriously i mean it's it's a real profession i mean it's not like you know someone you know decides all of a sudden hey you know i i want to be a brain surgeon or you know or or i want to be an opera singer and you know they suddenly say okay i'm a brain surgeon you know right. it's, exactly. it's not that simple there 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 is a craft and to say that anyone can be a writer kind of belittles that craft it kind of belittles all the hours that you and i have spent you know mm-hmm. making things work and finding you know where we're not good and finding where we are good and and improving ourselves and um anyway that's 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 my pet bugaboo that everyone thinks that they're a writer <laughs> and you know they haven't if you if you put in the work and and you have the talent then great if you don't then don't call yourself a writer
0: and and the thing is that i think that you could very well learn to become a writer if you really worked at it, but you mm-hmm. know it's like it's like any job. You've got to come in and just do it. Like you said, become a brain surgeon. You can't just walk in and do that. You have to spend your years and your time to learn it. And I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, I've I've been going to conventions where I've taught to writers for the last 20 years, and this is where I'm getting like, a lot of my marketing experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, all the horror stories I've heard about you know working with pub the big name publishers. I have listened to for many, many years, and I look at it and say, okay, there's some things that the big publishers have done right that small publishers and and individuals should be doing. And so these are things that I'm showing now and and turning around saying, no, we're going to take these new books and we're going to put them through the gauntlet that I think that we need to do this because this is what I'm seeing.
1: Well, mm-hmm. so there, there, there used to be these great editors, you know, Maxwell Perkins, okay. you know, the guys who um, took, you know, Thomas Wolfe, the original Thomas Wolfe, and um, um, uh, and uh, Fitzgerald, and um, all those people, and they, they kind of were great editors and kind of schooled them along, and you know it was a learning process, and and uh, it, it was it was a real profession, and yeah. you know everyone may have a story, but not everyone's a writer.
0: Yeah, I've been getting into uh, a little bit more about Ernest Hemingway lately because uh, I'm I'm trying to write.
1: He was also a story. Maxwell Perkins uh, protege.
0: Yeah, so you know he had a style. He he actually went out and experienced life. And I have some authors who think, well, you know, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to put it up on Amazon and then I'm going to sit back and wait for the money to come in. Oh, <laughs> in well, good you'll luck! Be, yeah, you're going to be waiting a long time <laughs> because you know even Ernest Hemingway went out and actually was seen, you know, doing things. He went to events, he went and, and experienced life. He went into no, the. He, he was he was a
1: big self self promoter. He uh, oh, yeah. he was always out. Yeah.
2: Well, maybe we need to have a um an author reality series like there is all of, you know the there's so you think you can dance and there's American <laughs> Idol maybe we need to have an author reality series <laughs> just to take it down to the lowest common denominator possible. So you think you can write. <laughs> so you think you can write. <laughs> exactly. You know,
1: funny, mm-hmm.
0: funny thing is that uh we I thought about this about four years ago with my partner. He said, you know, we should do something like this and, and of course is is like, Well, that's one great idea that's never gonna happen. Uh, but I can imagine certain authors, you know, big name authors, you know, being on the panel. And mm. and just ripping these people just like the you know, these uh reality shows do. Uh yeah you know, the the dancing shows and the singing shows and all this saying I, you think you're actually an author i mean look at look at what you did with the grammar <laughs> mhm
1: exactly <laughs> and, and so.
0: don't, don't rip them. so yeah it would be it would be interesting. I'm not sure whether or not everybody watch it <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. so patty, um you got a copy of a book, right, so you have a copy of things your dog doesn't want you to know, no. You don't have a copy? No, I don't. We'll have, have to a send copy. you one now. <laughs> it, it looks because it looks good in
2: print.
0: <laughs> it does look in print. It really does look good in yeah. print, and and that's one reason I said, well, this is an interesting uh, story idea. And I said, you know, I think this one would go really well on the radio. You know, to be able to talk to these guys, and and I know my parents just absolutely love dogs, and I know they're listening right now. Hi, and. <laughs> And I and as I specifically told them that you guys are going to be on tonight. So uh, that way they could hear all about your, things about your stories. Now, they are looking forward to hearing more about what's in your book.
1: All right. Well, great. I mean, we, the, uh, there are, uh, how many stories do we have? To be? 115. Okay. 115 stories. And um, uh, they're of 11 different dogs. And, you know, so we chose large dogs, small dogs, you know, spoiled dogs, you know, dumb dogs. And, um, you know, we we gave each one a name and a breed and um, just had a lot of fun with them. We have Axelrod, who is a yellow lab, who is perhaps the world's dumbest dog. And, um, you know, he's always amazed by everything. You know, elevators are a total mystery to him. Rain and sprinklers is like rain from two different directions, and he's amazed by that. And then we have Tinkerbell, who's a little chihuahua, who basically lives in a purse. Oh, she lives wow. in a Gucci purse, and, you know, she's so she's all into name brands and um, very, very spoiled. <laughs> we have Orson who is a bulldog who um, thinks about nothing but food. His total life is about food. And uh, so every story that he tells, and he tells like 11 stories, you know, somehow they all wind up getting back to food. And, um, you know, so we just had a great time with our 11 dogs. We have, uh, you know, Gabby, our little teenage girl who's just discovering boys. She's just gone through her first heat. And Uh uh, he's just amazed by how attractive boys are for one month, you know, every six months, and, um, <laughs> you know, so we just had a great deal of fun, and all this, it's sort of like bathroom reading, that you just turn to a page, and you read a funny little story, and, you know, you laugh, and uh, you can put it aside and then come back, and, you know, it's just been a great, great fun to write, and uh, people really seem to love it.
0: Now, the dogs that you're talking about are actually right on your website.
2: Yes, um, on thingsyourdog.com, we have photos of the 11 dogs and little bios of of all of them and some sample stories. And if people want to write in questions, and we get quite a few questions about their own dog's behavior, if your dog you think is funny or quirky or odd or or even just normal, (laughs) if you have a question... Um, we'll try to write a funny answer back to you about your dog. It's sort of an advice column for dogs. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's why I took it out. that because I did, you know, go through your website, which I by the way I really love the coloring. As a graphic designer, this is just really sets it off. That's why I was thinking that the dogs that you used on the cover go good with your red shading and, and what you did with the rest of the book. So they did a good job because, of course, red shading. Yeah, we have, we, have,
1: we have a great art director who <laughs> uh, uh, works with Jeffrey in advertising, uh, and uh, he, um, he actually what, has like seven or eight dogs, Jeffrey? Yeah, he has, depending on, you know, he's constantly wow. taking in rescue dogs, but he probably
2: has, has eight dogs now of anything from, you know, a Jack Russell to a Greyhound and uh, he actually has rented a separate apartment for his dogs because um <laughs> you cannot have that many dogs in New York City in an apartment <laughs> so he has a separate one for them and uh constantly is harassed by his neighbors but has managed to uh, survive
1: <laughs> wow and considering <laughs> he was how the much He did there. a really really great job the book is really beautiful
0: so he definitely got into your stories obviously He was right. We
1: worked
2: with him from the very beginning, and you know he contributed story ideas as well. And and you know with 115, we were we were anxious to hear all the story ideas we could. But um, (laughs) most of them, um, actually, Hiram and I thought of ourselves. And I think there's we took the 11 dogs and tried to um, build a personality for each of the 11 over the course of the book. So Mm -hmm. you can jump in at any point and read chapter eighty two if you want to, but um going from beginning to end there is a storyline to each of the dogs. Well and that's one of our one of our dogs Why you have a publisher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, right.
0: They helped organize that.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it very much did, actually. You know, and and that's what's you know, it's great to have a good editor who can take a step back and say, um, this is what works and this is what doesn't work. And, mm-hmm. you know, in your heart, you know that, um, you know, your editor is right. Obviously, you know, you whine at first because it means additional work. But um, that's what a great <laughs> editor does. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we
1: were very lucky. Yeah, One of our dogs is Sarge, who's a German Shepherd, a working dog. And um, so every chapter for like the first eight chapters, he has a different job and winds up getting fired. He's a drug-stuffing dog who winds up liking drugs too much, so he gets fired from that job. And then he's a junkyard dog, but he doesn't realize who he should growl at and who he shouldn't growl at, so he loses that job. And you know, then he becomes a, uh, a stunt dog in a in a movie and winds up losing that job. And you know, and finally he gets adopted by real people and has a real home, but he always thinks of it as a job. And uh, so he says, all right, my job now is to dig holes in the backyard and to, you know, scare away the squirrels. And he still thinks of everything as a job. So he's he's one of our favorites because he's very sort of work-oriented and, uh, you know, thinks he always has to prove himself. And
0: uh, I, I know some so people like that. So he's a fun like character. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: we, we put so much of our own personalities into our dogs. You know, we anthropomorphize. You know our dogs and give them human personalities, and I think that's one of the fun things in the book is that all these dogs sort of have human personalities, but uh, things that we just sort of imagine dogs would feel and would say.
0: Right, right, and uh, that's, that's that's what's great about it. Uh, I love these different stories, and and you've got uh, 115. That's a lot. So, yeah, so how many pages are about? You know, are they about? You know, fair four um, pages each? Each, each,
1: each, each, each story is about two pages long. Um, okay. So it's just, like, it's just the right, you know, it's bathroom reading, as, as we said. It's just yeah. the right amount to kind of sit down. Um, one of my uh, friends, uh, you know, puts it on his coffee table, and, you know, uh, every day he or his daughter or his son will go by and they'll read a chapter and they'll kind of laugh and, you know, talk about it. and uh, uh, And then the next day they'll read something else.
0: Yeah, that sounds perfect.
1: <laughs> and but I, it, you know, I, I can you know, how many? I know there's
0: a, a a number, but there are so many dog owners in America, and all of them love to read about their dogs. So, you know, well, great...
1: the, the book has been selling fairly well, so we're very encouraged by that. It's been out for a while, and it's it, we have steady sales, and we do, you know, book signings and events, and, you know, um, we're very encouraged that uh, that people like it so much.
0: Of course, I, I would have to be derelict to my duty, but say something about the fact that, you know, it does help to already be in industry. So uh, you, you're getting a lot of, enough tension high because you're already in the industry, so it helps to be in the industry.
1: Yeah, it's one of those catch 22s where the best way to succeed is to be in the industry, but how do you get into the industry? And, you know, the answer is, you know, start 30 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Right. <laughs> definitely. Well, so, Patty, we've probably taken up more of your time than than, than we should. <laughs>
0: No, we're fine. We're fine. I, it, it depends on you guys because uh, you know we got some other questions. Um, one of the questions—it's it, up to you guys. You, you know, because oh, sure we're
2: happy to answer questions.
0: <laughs> I put you down for an well, hour, so you know we're we're cool. Well,
1: absolutely. Oh, great.
0: Says one of the questions that somebody asked me because uh, I get some people who who asking questions here, and one of them asked me, "How did the two of you decide how to write together?" You've never done That's it always before.
1: a very good question A lot of people are very surprised that there are two authors for a book You know, wh- when our publishers schedule us for events You know, they say, okay, which one of you is the author And what's the deal here? But, you know, Jeffrey and I have been friends for <clears throat> so long And we really, you know, have such a good relationship That one of us would come up with an idea And write a couple of paragraphs And then, uh, you know, we actually are in offices side by side But we email stuff back and forth mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you email it back and say, okay, what about this? Do you have any extra jokes? You know, how can we make this a little funnier or a little more poignant? And, uh, you know, it just sort of goes back and forth. And uh, at some point you just agree, okay, this is it. And for a while we actually had to write like one a day, which was very sort of um, stringent. We, it was very hard okay. for us. And um but it wound up working out. You know, you think, okay, how about dogs sticking their heads out of car windows? All right, you Google that. I'll think of a couple <laughs> jokes and what what dog do we give it to? And uh, you know, it was actually a lot of fun. And uh, go on, Jeff. Well, it, it you know it was fun and and um,
2: people once we started the blog, a lot of people had ideas um, that they would send us, and the problem, you know, Patty, as you know that, you know, ideas are sort of a dime a dozen, and I don't mean to <laughs> to belittle right. all of our friends who sent us ideas, but there's not always a story or a punchline in the ideas we got. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it, you know, you have to start, and that's where High's mystery writing, I think, really helped, because it always has to lead somewhere. So if you're going to write a story about why does your dog stick its head out the car window – um, there has to be a story there. It can't just be that that line. Like, why does it stick its head out the window? Well, that's right. not that funny. Um, so, you know, that's where you know, working backwards and forwards and figuring out how the story, what's what's the story that you're going to talk about, and what's the question you're going to talk about, then what is the sort of plot of the little mini story, and what's the punchline, and working back from that. So, mm-hmm. we rejected a lot of of our own ideas. <laughs> as well as ideas that people presented to us, um, because there wasn't
1: really, there wasn't a punchline there. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything funny. You know, so we did, we had the idea of, okay, what about a dog in a kennel? What does the dog think about putting, being put into a cage in a kennel? And we thought, okay, you know, maybe he thinks of it as a jail. Okay, so he's being put in the jail, you know, with the other dogs. There are all the, uh, the other inmates in the jail. And, um, you know, so we came up with something that was sort of like the Great Escape. <laughs> you know, with the dogs sort of figure out how to escape from the kennel, and uh, you know they 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 have the the warden, they have the uh, you know the jailers, they have the little exercise yard, and so we did sort of our own little takeoff on the movie The Great Escape, with dogs in a in a kennel, and uh, you know that just comes from going back and forth and sharing ideas and laughing a lot, and then trying to write that in two pages. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All the stories. The
0: thing right there. <laughs>
2: Well, it all became, you know, and that's where, you know, the, um, you know, our editor was great because, you know, initially we thought that all the stories would be different lengths. I mean, some might be one page, some might be five pages, you know, some um, might, you know, be even longer than that. Um, But, you know, the editor in crafting a book understood that if they're the same length, if you have, um, if In this particular format, if you're dealing with right page, left page, and how it all looks, you know, when it's art directed, Mm -hmm. it just all came out much better. And it sounded weird to us at first that why would they have to be the same length? Um, But it all made sense when the book was actually all put together,
0: Oh yeah, which is what a
2: publisher knows. And a publisher knows what's the book going to look like, which, um, you know, for us made a big difference because – even that we do we are we do have an ebook version on iTunes, um uh, but it's not the best version of the book. The best version of the book is really the paper version of the book sure. so I guess that's a little bit of a dinosaur
1: in yeah. some ways <laughs> in for, business. For, for a while, Jeffrey and I really be, became committed to reading ebooks you know to reading on our Kindles, and then in like like a year or so ago, we just decided you know to go back to uh uh hard copies go back to paper copies you know to, to me it's just uh, much more interesting to hold a book in your hands and uh, uh anyway our 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 book is very much sort of a thing that you pick up and give us a gift and lend to someone and uh
0: oh, definitely uh, I guess
1: we're just old fashioned
0: and and this book will make really great Christmas gifts, so you guys need to get out there and talking to all the readers <clears throat>
1: Absolutely. Well, we your have book. a little head start <laughs> uh what was the magazine Jeffrey? Dog fancy featured it oh, as their book of the ye- of the season. Right. So Dog Fancy yeah. recommended like, you know, a dozen or so great Christmas gifts and the only book mentioned by Dog Fancy as a great Christmas gift was our book, Things Your Dog Doesn't Want You To Know. So we are very happy about
0: that. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna mean a lot of hits right there. Well, but I, yeah, hope
2: so. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> and it is a good Christmas gift. It's a good gift book. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's very P G too for right. um for people who you know if you ever watched the TV show monk as, as you did um you know there's not a lot of violence there's not any sex there's not you know any swear words and that's kind of the format that that high writes in um mm-hmm. which is sort of the you know the the tenor of the book as well mm-hmm. that it's a, for <laughs> all ages mm-hmm. of people
0: no, I had to say actually our
2: big book our big book book launch um, that that we had when the book came out in May was hosted by Judy Bloom, who is the ah, yes. um, you know the young adult
1: writer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. So yeah, we had we had a couple hundred people show up at Judy Bloom's house and we uh, we signed books and, and we gave all the money to the SBCA, and it was really a great evening.
0: I, I suppose she has dogs of her own.
2: She, she doesn't. She doesn't. She has oh, wow. had dogs, and she is a dog lover. But, you know, Judy's travel schedule, which has been really onerous, um, yeah. it, which is why, you know, she's a big supporter of the um, SPCA, but she's
1: not a dog owner. So yeah. She actually is a neighbor of ours, so that, uh, that's part of the reason that we became friends with her. There you go.
0: Well, that's Anna, I did see your uh, reviews, and one of them was from Steve Martin. And very short and, Steve, Martin and was, uh,
1: Steve and I actually wrote a TV show together, so Steve and I are old friends. And uh, um, he he had uh, a dog for years called Roger, and um, uh, was very you know very close to Roger. And uh, um, so he's a real dog lover. And uh, I'm not sure he, I don't think he's had a dog since. But um, uh, anyway, so he was very enthusiastic about the book.
0: Well, yeah, and and I loved his short and sweet. Answer to is his his uh, review for you. So that's great, you guys. Have to mm-hmm. on. Yeah,
1: he wrote, uh, uh, "I laughed, my dog howled," and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, as, as, as as soon as he emailed me that, I thought, "All right, that's on the cover. It's probably going to be bigger than my name, but it's going to be <laughs> on the cover, <laughs> right?"
0: Yeah, most people do know. Obviously, you know Steve Martin. So, and of course, I grew up with that name. So, that's definitely uh, one of my favorite actors. Uh, I have to tell you, yeah, though,
1: Steve, Steve is a great guy. He's he's very personable. He's uh, oh, you know yeah. he's he he, yeah. he was really a, a terrific guy. I can't say enough about him. It's uh, one it's one of those
2: things you know sort of the the bigger stars you know can be so incredibly nice and giving and personable and he's like one of those. He's just like he is the nicest guy.
0: You know, I find that to be the case. that the the bigger stars, the ones that are really doing really well, are the ones who are personable and down to earth. You don't don't have to be, you know, a, a nutcase in order to to get mm-hmm. enough work in the industry. You know, I mean, be nice to people. It's that simple. Mhm. Absolutely.
2: Oh, and, and, uh-huh. and, he, and he is. I can't say that he's not a nutcase in some ways. But, <laughs> but he does it with a straight face.
0: <laughs> right,
2: he's certainly one of the world's nicest people. That true. So, so,
0: so I, what, I, that's true. Go ahead.
2: Patty, what okay. are you reading these days?
0: Oh, man. Um, you know, I had to read Fifty Shades of Grey just because I wanted to find out what, what the heck it was all about.
2: And what did you find
0: out? Uh, well, yeah, I kind of had a problem with the premise um because you know her being who she was, I didn't think that she was going to be quite that that open that fast but mm-hmm. uh, so I have a bit of problem as a woman uh you know saying, okay, this seems a little far fetched to me um uh, but you know uh, you know being a single a single woman uh I could enjoy it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, the audience for that book is is like ninety percent female, isn't it? So she must connect with someone.
2: Right.
0: That, that, I'm not sure if you have you read the story.
2: Oh, we have not. We have not. So okay. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I. Yeah. I can't I'm, comment. Okay. I feel like I should read it, Hiram. Don't you think we should? Mm-hmm.
0: Whenever, whenever a very huge big, you know, a book comes out and it's it's, it's made a big. I mean, I I went and found out. Uh, I had to read all the Harry Potter books because I wanted to find out again. My son was, uh, you know, he was about nine, ten years old, and uh, when this came out, and I saw nine-year-olds in the in the library ta- checking out *The Goblet of Fire*, which is six, over six hundred pages.
1: Well, that's great. Sure. It teaches, you know, kids how to read. I mean, I think, you know, the Harry Potter books are, you know, are great for the, for reading.
0: But it's just, you know, even as an adult, I'm daunted by 600 pages or more, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just because there's a lot of time involved of reading something that large. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Think, what, think what it's like to write something that large. You know, I'm yeah. under, I'm, I, I actually have two booklet deadlines right ahead of me, and, uh, you know, I have to turn out I, – I just signed a contract, like, last week to write a book, and it's due by January 15th, and I just can't imagine. It's like, like taking no days off and, like, writing 1,500 words a day. It was sort of crazy. Well, you should talk about your new books, Hiram.
0: Okay. Yes, yes, of course we will. Uh,
1: well, the, the, the <laughs> newest ones I, – I, I do have a mystery series called Able Adventures, which um, the first book is out called Rally Round the Corpse. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's, it's sort of a light-hearted, um, sort of travelogue mystery in which the, uh, the, the heroine is a, um, travel guide who every time she takes people on some exotic trip around the world, you know, runs into murder. And, uh, so that's called Able Adventures. And, uh, so I'm working on book two of that. But I just got a contract, uh, a week or so ago to write the monk, uh, books. And, of course, I'm very, very familiar with Monk. And um, when we first started writing the TV series, um, uh, Penguin Books approached us about writing Monk novels. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was, uh, you know, very busy writing the TV show. And so uh, I turned it down, and some other very talented writer, Lee Goldberg, uh, took over, and uh, he wrote 15 Monk novels in hardback and uh, and uh, paperback, and they sold very well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Lee is leaving the franchise to uh, work on something else. He's actually working with Janet Ivanovich on some new books. And wow. uh, um, so uh, Penguin called me up and said, do you want to write some Monk books? And I said, uh, sure, that sounds like fun. And they said, okay, the first one is due in two and a half months. Wow. So, um, you know, um,
0: yeah. on this collaboration issue, the the fact that you're doing monks now, based on a television series, uh, they did that, or, or I'm not sure if they did it before or after. I would have to look this up. Maybe you know, uh, they did this a castle with the Nikki Heat books.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So the TV show cast yeah. has been made and yeah. novelized? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I don't think that's an uncommon thing. I mean, you know, obviously um, they did a whole bunch of, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek books, and uh, um, Lee Goldberg um, did uh, Diagnosis Murder. He did books based on the uh, TV series Diagnosis Murder, and uh, they sold very well. And it's funny because, you know, Monk's been over for about for, for, uh, three or four, year, three, four years now, And, uh, you know, his novels are still selling. So, you know, Monk is still alive, which is, you know, very gratifying to someone who was there from the very beginning.
0: Well, they do have on uh, a lot of different stations, so (laughs) still being seen. still being seen. Exactly. Uh, Can I I ask a question? Uh, I have heard recently about the Penguin and the Random House uh, merger. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? Anything I don't know about very that?
1: much about that personally. I mean, there are all these at at every publisher. There are all these little fiefdoms where every editor is in charge of his own little world. Yeah. And I mean. um. And uh, you know, so as far as I know, you know, everything's you know hunky dory, and projects are still going ahead. And uh, um, of course, it's a little hard, little harder to communicate with uh, your publisher in New York if they are without power. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, as far as yeah. I know, everything is uh, still as normal.
0: It was interesting well, on the
1: past week. The, the electricity has been sort of a bigger issue than the merger,
2: right? <laughs> so, right.
0: But, exactly. As, as that came out, um, just before the storm hit, yeah. And so you know, but mm-hmm. I have to say that a lot of people are talking about, it, including myself, put an eye, put it on Facebook, and said, "Hey, what is, you know, uh, the issue is that." they were saying on the, the article that they're trying to get some kind of uh, leverage with Amazon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but the problem is that you know the two companies together uh, their assets only in, you know go to 4 billion where uh Amazon's 46 billion.
1: Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure about the, the the relative wealth of uh you know online uh, entities. You know, it's you know whether it's um you know Facebook or uh Amazon i mean y- y- you know the values seem all out of whack you know cuz mm-hmm. you know Amazon gives you free shipping and they cut prices and you know you're wondering actually how much profit they're uh they're making in the whole thing of course they they really affect publishing you know every from from the cost analysis and from the authors you know availability you know they really affect everything they're a very powerful force but you know uh, how profitable they are you know uh, that's something I can't answer
0: well there, there's a reason why they're profitable is because they they know how to make money on the back end so uh yeah you know, that's unfortunately you know I, a small publisher being a small publisher myself you know uh at first we we fought you know the status quo fought, you know being in 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 their sandbox, but you know really you can't uh, you can't survive. Uh, nowadays, without being in your sandbox,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's how big they've gotten. And uh, you know, when I started this, I said, well, "You can't even be an author unless you're in Amazon, because a reader doesn't even consider you an author unless you are on Amazon." Mhm.
1: And but there are like two million authors in Amazon. <laughs> I know.
0: I said. I said. Well, how does that work? There's so many books in there. There's so many authors. How could that even be valid? Mm-hmm. and it's not but the problem is that there's still that perceived value to the reader that mm-hmm. you're not that you must made it as an author because you're on Amazon.
2: <laughs> well and we and we we found out when we were posting on various blogs that some blogs will not take you if you're not sold on Amazon. And that for us was not an issue because we're sold Everywhere, but Everywhere. I was surprised that that was a deciding factor for wow. a lot of people. Wow, that you, okay. you had to be on amazon, so yeah you know I guess we were we were lucky <laughs> that, <laughs> you know that we didn't have any problem in in doing that but um I know it's unfortunately, you know it's this monolith that um whereas you know in the early days you might have trusted the um the publisher, whether it was Random House or Penguin or any of the other big publishers, um, you know, there's no, you, you don't trust Amazon. Amazon does not have any literary control over anything it publishes. So, I'm not sure what it means um, to be on yeah. Amazon, to tell you the truth.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, and if any, if, you know, they'll take anybody's money. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> you know. They will, and when when I was um you know, in in my advertising days, which I guess I'm still in my advertising days, but know. um there was a woman worked for me some years ago, um, Phyllis Wagner, whose first husband Phyllis was much older than me, I should make that clear <laughs> at this point, Phyllis's first husband was Bennett Surf, who was the founder of Random House. Oh. And Phyllis, um Who recently passed away? She was in her 90s when she when she died. Um, Phyllis's first job was to develop the children's book division at Random House, Uh and her very first author was Theodore Geisel, who of course wrote under the name Dr. Seuss. And Uh you know Phyllis just had wonderful stories about the Algonquin round table and the authors and the new yorker and random house and all of, you know and i always i mean that was a whole world of literary greatness you know from edna ferber to you know kaufman and hart um that i don't know where that will exist again in the future mhm yeah because yeah. it's hard for it to exist in a on amazon
0: yeah
2: you know you, you sort of need a place for that. Yeah. And I don't maybe you you know, I don't know where it will be, but that um you know, that confluence of those incredible authors and those incredible writers um in I guess mostly the 30s in the 1930s. Yeah. Um I don't know where when it will happen again. And I think it, I'm sure it will. I mean, these things don't go away well, sure. forever, we, but I don't know go, what it will
1: be. Go,
0: you know, we go through cycles with everything. Uh, mm-hmm. by, the, by the way, among the, the grace that you didn't mention was Nora Ephron, which we just lost recently. I of course. To, Incredible I love, writer. I, I, I love all her writing. And, uh, you know, from her screenplays to her short stories and her books. Uh, I couldn't get enough of her in high, in high school, believe it or not. So, <laughs> so so
1: to show you yeah, we, we I, I never knew Nora but uh we have we had some friends in common and everyone who knew her just, you know, said how terrific she was and how, you know, a big supporter of uh, other female writers and uh mm-hmm. um, you know, they had nothing but a great things to say about her.
0: Yeah, definitely. And she I think had the her finger on the pulse of changes in, in the in the world, you know, with her uh, her screenplay writing uh mm-hmm. things came yeah the uh, the stories that came out of uh, and that's the things that were actually happening at the time yeah uh, you know you've got mail for instance uh is mm-hmm. definitely something that was happening at the time it was very big that we were the the draw to getting email uh, mm-hmm. and finding But that also reference. that
1: was that was uh, you got mail was based on uh a nineteen something uh like a 1940 uh, play and movie, so mm-hmm. even even that had you know roots in uh, the <laughs> old days. You know, it was based on uh, A Little Shop Around the Corner, right, Jeffrey? Right, which yeah. which I, th- I think was a 30s movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she And then became
2: it. Um, yeah. you know then became a musical and then became obviously you've got mail, but.
0: She, and she did a great job, I thought, that's of really uh updating an older story, which is really uh kinda of what it's about. You, you update some stories and, and make it new, make it fresh.
2: Yeah. So did you read I Hate My Neck? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one I did I'm read. afraid I'm nice
2: afraid about. to read that because, you know, not being a, a woman, I'm afraid that I will like relate too much to it. <laughs> When
0: when I was in high school, I did a because I was in extemporaneous speaking and was actually in speech and debate, and I did a Nora Ephron uh, skit. Um, It was, and it had to do with being flat-chested. So (laughs) So that was my very beginning uh, love of Nora Ephron. So
2: (laughs) Mm, uh, well, I, I. you know, I was the Washington State extemporaneous speaking champion, and I won't tell you what year because I don't believe Nor Ephron was writing then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, I so, have a picture of you, Jeff. You're not that old. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, it just I mean, thinking about people like Nora Ephron, I mean, it really is—it's—it's it, it's so sad because everyone, as Hiram said, we did not know her personally, but we have so many friends who did, and we're good friends yeah. of hers. And um, you know, what a loss. But that's what's so wonderful about writing is that that work will last forever. Yeah. And those yeah. will just—they will be be classic. And um, I guess that's part of what keeps writers going. And yeah. You know, working at all hours of the day and at night, and you know, but that's where it's a craft because those—it's not just about getting something out on a blog or something, getting something that's you know your sixty-five thousand word minimum, but it's that craft um, that she had, and yeah. great writers do. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it was uh, a few authors who said, you know, that writing is a solitary business. Uh, but promoting, you have to do afterwards. Uh, yeah, you're never, exactly. never going to be known if you just stay in the loft and write. That's it's not well Unless it's for television, it's true. of course.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> television, in hindsight, was easier, wasn't it, High? Oh, yeah. You had a lot of people. I mean, once your show got picked up, you had, you know, hundreds of people working with you. You know, you had... Set designers and directors and publicity people, and you know, you had this whole <clears throat> industry at your back, so you know it was relatively easy. So, so
0: what, anyway, what's, It was great talking to you, Patty. What's, what's coming up for you, Jeff? I mean, you didn't say anything about what you're doing. I know that high has got a lot of things going, and that's great. What's what's well, new for I, you?
2: For, for me, it's 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 writing thirty-second
1: spots at a time well jeffrey uh, (laughs) jeffrey runs an advertising agency which uh did you get your power back yet jeffrey we did we just got our electricity
2: back today so um i'm heading back to new york city on monday to um um work on a whole a whole bunch of different ads we do corona and porsche and hilton and burlington coke factory so um that, ah. so I, I work in shorter snippets <laughs> than than uh, novels. But that's
0: are these gonna be commercials that are for the holidays? Is that what you're focusing on? Um, right now? we're
2: doing a lot the holiday spots are all, all done for us. Okay. Um I don't think I think everything has been finished and shot and is and is all set. So um we will um you know, we're we're working on next year already. It's always, you know, in any of these businesses, um, you know, you're always working so far in advance. I always get confused as to what day it is because, I mean, we're well past holiday. We did holiday months ago, and oh, yeah. we're into, you know, now Valentine's Day <laughs> and, yeah. and spring. And so I'm totally confused as to what uh, <laughs> what season it is. But that's what I'll that's what I'll be up to, and hopefully Hi and I will be able to write a sequel to um, Things Your Dog Doesn't Want You to Know um, well. because it seems to be doing really well. So we'll, that that will be fun to do next year.
0: Awesome. Well, see, that's what I was hoping that you would say that you, you had the second <laughs> book coming. That's great. That's great.
2: So, I think uh, I think this book has done really well, so I think that um, that it, we'd love to do it, and I think our publisher will too. So it'll be great fun.
0: Oh yeah, and if you guys enjoy working together, like you seem to, then I think you guys will get a lot out of it. It's not just about you know having the finished product; it's about the experience together.
1: Oh yeah, as uh, as our hero James Taylor says, you know the secret to life is enjoying the passage of time. So you've got to have a good time as you go along. Exactly. <laughs>
0: There you go. I, and I'm pretty sure that that's been something you've written before. So, <laughs> so that, I have a question I always ask at the end of every episode, um, especially to people who I find interesting, and I'd like to see what their answer is going to be. So, I'm going to start with Jeff. The question is, now that you have successfully slain the dragon, how will you celebrate?
2: You know, I would like to say that the I that's a real that's a great great question. I would like to say we would celebrate um, by taking a big trip to Italy or, or mm-hmm. going on vacation. But the reality is, I think a simple glass of wine in a wonderful spot that makes you happy is a perfect way to look back and congratulate yourself on having actually published
1: a book that people like
0: there you go okay same question hi
1: um you know it's funny about celebration because i don't think i individually celebrate things enough you know and uh i had a friend who's an actress um and she always said that to her the time for celebration is between the time you get the gig and the time you actually have to start working (laughs) and that you feel the most freedom, you feel the most excitement and then you Mm -hmm. have to start working and then after you work, you have to worry about marking in it and about the critics and about the future and whether or not the, the producer likes you. So like there's no moment of pure enjoyment. The only moment of pure enjoyment is between the time you get the gig I mean, and then the time you actually have to start working.
2: But Patty, <laughs> that's why I love your question because I don't think we've ever sat and done that because Hiram's actually right that, you know, your the agent calls and says, I love your book, I'm going to pitch it, and you're happy but trepidatious because you don't have a publisher. Then right. a publisher agrees that you, they're going to publish the book and you're happy but you don't know what it's going to look like and who's going to work on it. And so every step of the way, you don't ever, and I think that's really kind of sad. That you don't ever stop to celebrate. You don't ever stop to celebrate because you're always thinking about, well, this is great, but the next step is, right. <laughs> So I think, Patty, we're going to have to celebrate tonight. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> because there you, go. you reminded us. We you have not you, you
0: survived the storm, so go have some wine. We did. There
2: we go. There we go. <laughs> we did.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming in together, and, and just had a great time. We, we talked you know a lot more about dogs than, than dogs. We got so many other things, and it's going to be a great show, and I'm quite sure we're going to get really record numbers of listeners here. So I'm really excited, and I'll be giving you guys the uh, the link, so that way you guys can have it and do whatever you want with it.
2: So, oh, I will, so and we terrific. will absolutely will post them, and and we will listen. So thank you so much. It was great fun talking to you.
0: Yes, and and I am just and I just had so much fun talking to you guys. It's great. I appreciate your time.
2: And
1: All you right. guys, well, thank you so much, Patty. Patty, thank you.
0: Stay safe, okay. All right.
1: All All right, thank you. Bye bye.
2: Bye
0: bye. Well, that was Hi and Jeff, and we're so excited to have him have them both. Today. It was great, it was to talk to them and. That I am going to let you guys know what else we got going on here, real fast. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, there's an Avondale Writers Conference, and that's starting at eight o'clock in the morning and goes until I think it's four or five in the afternoon. Uh, again, that's out in Avondale, and they they've got uh, different tracks of uh, the writing process all day long. So it's definitely something that you guys should you know, and if you haven't already gotten your ticket for that uh, I'm quite sure they'll take you to the door and uh, definitely need to, if you're uh, aspiring to be an author or are an author already but want to learn more about your craft like like I said you really need to you know uh, learn more there's always always things to learn in this business and I, I learn that every day there's always things I find on the internet I didn't know um, so it's definitely something you guys should continue to aspire to be Um just like Ernest Hemingway, always aspire to be something bigger and grander than what you start out as. Also, tomorrow evening, Sing Punk Masquerade Ball in Tempe. That's at Sheridan Phoenix Airport Hotel in Tempe, and that's from 6 p.m. until until midnight. So, six hours of mayhem. So, <laughs> and so that's tomorrow. So, a lot of things going on. Uh, if you're interested in Leprechaun 39 and you wish to be part of the committee, we will have our meeting on Sunday from 4 o'clock until 6 at the Denny's at 202 and Scotia Road. That's Leprechaun 39, and of course that's going to be for next May. We've got uh, Connotations, which is newspaper for speculative fiction. Uh, if you're interested in advertising and that, please get a hold of me right away because I'm accepting advertising and articles and book reviews right now for the uh, deadline that's just today. Uh, But I will accept things through the weekend into Monday and have to go to the print later in the week next week. Uh, And then on... See, we got a book launch party on Saturday the 10th from 3 to 4.30 that's the IHOP restaurant on Power Road in Mesa. And that is for Norm Jones and his brand new book of Apocalypse Survival Guide, Charting New Bible Prophecy. I've written about, um, he's he's also on my blog, so if you guys get on there, you can find them, that information. We're going to bring a new book out, which is The Eyes Revelation. Just got the proof off. For that book. That's book two of Len Boston and definitely through the Third Eyes trilogy and so you guys should check out on online and find out uh, more about that book because it's already up on uh, Amazon for Kindle and we're getting the print book done right now. Uh, next Friday we have Mesa Second Friday which is Steampunk Street in other words Steampunk oriented so we got two weekends in a row with Steampunk. What's up with that? <laughs> of course steampunk for those who don't know is historical turn of the century type of fiction. Uh, where you have gadgets and, and like you know, time travel and things, you know, storylines and that and in, in that time period. Uh, Western also goes with that. You can put a little bit of Western with your steampunk and, and definitely have some fun. Uh just on next weekend the ninth through the eleventh is Tuscon, thirty nine down in Tucson. And of course, that's uh, science fiction, fantasy, horror, and obviously fiction, speculative fiction. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on next few weekends. And of course, we've also got the uh, big dream, the dream big book seminar in Surprise, Arizona. And that's going to be the Comfort and Suites. That's November 17th, from 8:30 until 5. As an all-day uh, getting to down to the roots of ebook, how to construct one, uh, taking your manuscript to ebook, and but by the end of the day you should have that already uh, set to go. You learn from someone who's already done this and has done it on a budget of under three hundred fifty dollars. This includes editing and everything. So he'll teach you how he did that and uh, how to make that happen for you. And then uh, I take over in the late afternoon and take the to book that you have done now and talk about marketing that book, which is something that a lot of authors just don't get a handle on. So, um uh, definitely a lot of great things going on in November and of course this is right before the holiday and you guys gotta strap on because this holiday's gonna be crazy. So with that I'm gonna say good night and it's just K Wad Radio and this is Patty Holstrand signing off.